Greetings in the Lord Jesus. Good to see you here. Good to have a good reason to be here. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. So uh, anyway, let's give thanks to the Lord while we're here today. And I was just thinking that, yes, we uh, we have four people here. We can't say four young people. Well, I could, I could maybe and get away with it. Uh, <laughs> four young people here making a commitment. One of them not quite so young as the others. <laughs> making this public commitment this morning to Christ and the church. Many of us have made it already, and it's a good thing, and I hope we're happy with it. If we're not, uh, let's get happy with it and uh, get our joy renewed. All right, Uh, I'll say this up front so I don't forget. Usually when we do a baptism, we allow family and friends and everyone to come up front and greet the people and meet them right afterwards. We're not doing that this time. we got too many people and not enough space, and it would just get congested. So uh, my wife and I will properly greet them right after baptism. And after that, uh, we'll go ahead with the service. And after the service, you make it a point to talk to them. Uh, They're not supposed to run off and will be around for a while afterwards, so anyway. All right, I'd like to let each of them give their testimony, so uh, y'all each in your turn stand up and speak clearly if you can, and uh, have your say. So uh, let's start with the ladies. Go ahead, Megan. We're not having anything written down. That's fine. You don't need to. All right, go ahead, Arwen.
approaching the end of his life when he said that and some of these are just young folks and far as we know they have 70 years to go or whatever we don't know that but uh, I think that's all our prayers we want to be faithful to the end all right will you all please stand Heavenly Father, you've heard these testimonies this morning. You've heard these answers to these questions where they've, these, this brother and these sisters have said yes. They are giving their lives to you for all of their lives, for all of eternity. And Father, we pray that you would bless them this morning as they make this commitment. May you be honored by their lives. May they love you with all their hearts, not only today, but clear through to the end. And Father, help us as a congregation, as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, to do our part to help them. We thank you for their commitment. And Father, we want to commit ourselves to you again today too. May you be honored through their lives and through this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, I think you all need to go back to uh, your families. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice and this his presence all abroad. Happy day, happy day when Jesus was. In the way he taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins can turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Don't let me forget to take care of that matter of business at the end. <laughs> Don't want to do it right now. So. Okay. Matthew chapter 10. It was verse 38 that inspired uh, this message this morning. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. I read this in my morning devotions one, one morning earlier this week, this chapter. And I, uh, I had in mind uh, an email I got earlier in the week about a, a book out there that uh, someone was saying church is answering the wrong questions for young people <laughs> we aren't answering the questions they're asking and, and what are those questions and I had three of them and those were in my mind and I was thinking about it as I prepared this well you know I think they are all pretty much answered in a passage like this the questions that according to them that young people are asking are pretty much the same ones we've always asked I asked when I was young who am I? Or maybe why am I here might be it. Where do I fit in? And how can I make a difference? And I thought about those, and yeah, they're pretty major, pretty concrete questions, and they make a difference if you can answer them. Well, anyway. Title is Take Up Your Cross. Take Up Your Cross. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. The cross means death. It was an instrument of death. But death, when Jesus talks about it, turns out to be a very positive thing. Verse 39 says, he that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life, he that dies, shall find it. And I, I thought about the words of Hebrews 12, 1. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And so, talking about taking up the cross, I don't want it to pre don't want to present it as a negative thing at all this morning. And so, maybe just about three pages to the right in your Bible in chapter 13, let me read you a couple parables. I heard these last Sunday at the bank in a sermon there. And I thought, well, they, they remind us something about the Christian life. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in the field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. All that they had. They got rid of it all and bought that one great treasure. That's what happened when I became a Christian. That's what happened when I gave my life to the Lord, when I died. Well, I've had to die a few times since, actually. But that treasure is worth it. Get rid of it all. Make this your life. All right, take up your cross. How do you take up your cross? Let's just take a look at the chapter. Verse 1, And when he had called unto them his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So, number one, answer the call. <laughs> Jesus called some disciples. Be a disciple. Answer his call. Go live with him. Walk with him. Learn of him. Learn from him. Follow him. Verse 24 and 25 here, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough. It's enough for the disciple to be as his master. It's enough for the servant to be as his Lord. Follow him. Sixty years after this, John wrote, He that saith he abideth in Christ ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Follow him. Live like he lived. That's Pretty simple. All right, so uh, verses 2 to 4, you have the, the uh, apostles here named, the 12 disciples. We'll just skip that and go on to verse 5. Number 2, be an apostle. These 12, Jesus sent forth. An apostle is a sent one. And you who are believers are sent ones. God puts you here for a purpose as believers. He sent us into the world for a purpose. <laughs> These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In this case, these were brand new disciples just called. Jesus didn't put them through a training program. He said, Go. And he gave them a few instructions. This wasn't yet the great commission we call it this was a very limited one just stay right here in Israel speak only to Jews he told them a training a learning trip I guess we could call it short-term mission trip maybe that's what they would call it nowadays <clears throat> that's why we're here we are sent to the kingdom for such a time as this like Esther was to that kingdom were sent to do his will well number three tell people good news <laughs> verse seven as you go preach saying the kingdom of 
heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom. Do you have any good news to tell people? Well, then go tell them. The gospel of the kingdom. You found and bought that pearl of great price. Show it to them. Offer it to them. They, want to, they need it too. That's why we're here. Number four, be a channel. Make a difference. Verses seven to nine. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Maybe just seven and eight. Okay, so maybe you're saying, I can't heal the sick, I can't raise the dead, I can't cast out devils. Well, don't be so sure. Jesus told them to. And he said, greater things than I've done, you'll do. You have the Spirit of God in you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, Jesus said. Be be a channel. Did I say that? I did. Be a channel of, of, of the Holy Spirit, of God's good blessings to other people. Psalm 84, 5 and 6 say, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of trouble. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. That's New King James. As you go through the valley of troubles, let that water flow. Bring out the green. Be a blessing. Be a channel. Number five, live by faith. Number, or verse nine, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purse. Just go. You don't have to amass a fortune first. You don't even have to pay your own way. In fact, all you need is to be born again with the Holy Spirit in you and go. A desire to love him and obey him. Live by faith. Just go. Number six, travel lightly, which goes right along with that. So verse nine says, don't provide gold, silver, or brass, nor script for your journey. That's your little pocketbook. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, a staff, two staffs. For the workman is worthy of his meat. <coughs> so when my wife and I go to Guatemala, we pack suitcases, and, and she goes through, and, okay, we need a shirt for this, and a shirt for that, and a shirt for this, and two pairs of pants, and Jesus said, look, you're going, take what you need, don't take anything else. Travel lightly. Forget all those extra things that you might need. Just jump in and go. And why not? Who is it that's paying your way? Look at that. The workman is worthy of his meat in the end of verse 10. Or in Luke it says the workman is worthy of his hire. Who's hiring these people? Who's sending them? Who's responsible to take care of them? Is he faithful? Will he do it? Travel lightly. Don't get your priorities all mixed up and get involved building your own kingdom and not his. Oh, it's not always easy to know just how that fits into life when you've got five children and you have to deal with them and make sure they've got clothes and all that but somehow we need to 
put into practice what the Lord Jesus says and seek his kingdom first of all and let him add those things to us. He meant what he said. We just have to figure it out. And trust him and he'll help us. All right. Number seven. Choose your company carefully. Verses 11 to 13. And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy. And there abide till you go thence. And when you come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. So, some people will be a help to you in your walk in bearing your cross. Other people will not be a help. Some people will be a help to you in your work of taking the good news. Other people will not be. Some people will be a help in loving the Lord with all your heart. Some people will not be. Make your choices carefully. And when you find someone who's not, you're going to have to back off a little and not have them as your closest friends. Choose your company carefully. Number eight, make your licks count. Verses 14 and 15. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that day. So make your licks count. That is, do what you can do. And when you can't do, admit that and move on. And again, that's not always easiest to know. Don't keep beating a dead horse, we say sometimes. Don't keep working at a useless cause. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't waste your life on something that's not bearing fruit. Find something that bears fruit. And yes, one person may find that this is what he can put his life into, and I would look at that and say, no, that's not for me. That's okay. God didn't call us to the same things. And I might look at that and think he's wasting it. That's not always, that's not for me to judge. For me to judge is, is what I am doing, what God wants me to do that will bear the fruit, the most fruit it can. Make your legs count, was the way I said it. Down in verse 23, it says, When they persecute you in this city, lead ye into another. So yes, sometimes maybe that's the thing to do. Persecution comes, it's hindering what you need to do, go somewhere else. Number nine, be meek and defenseless. Verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Okay, got a flock of wolves. Jesus said, I'm sending you in there like a sheep. Doesn't sound too safe, does it? Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. A lot of what Jesus said didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. And I guess this is one of them. You're sheep. You're in the midst of wolves. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay, so you're following your shepherd. You've got your eyes fixed on him. The wolves are all around. 
trust him. Be a sheep. Be defenseless. Meekly follow your shepherd. What do we have to fear if we're following him? We're sheep. We're not wolves. When the tough times come, when the wolves attack, we don't act like wolves. We don't respond like wolves. We respond like sheep. Well, okay, probably your real flock would respond in terror and scatter and all that, but we're meek and defenseless. If they tear us up, they tear us up. Our response is still like the Lord Jesus. Trusting, following, imitating the Lord Jesus. Good, kind, mental, mental, gentle, <laughs> meek, defenseless, what the world would call wimps. Well, okay, then be a wimp for Jesus. Be a fool for Christ. Number 10, do not be surprised at opposition. Verse 17, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in the synagogues. I'll stop there because there's still more to go. But don't be surprised at opposition. Opposition and persecution is normal for the Christian. Yes, in the United States, we don't know much about that. But we can expect it. That is, we can know that it's likely going to come. It shouldn't surprise us. We shouldn't be looking at it in a negative type of way. Well, I'm a Christian, so I know they're going to hate me. That's not the point. The point is that if you are a Christian, if you are following Jesus Christ, the world is going to hate you if you're living like you ought to be, and you will face opposition. And I'm a, a little dismayed, at, well, I'm a lot dismayed at the way some of even our people responded, respond to the political situation. It seems like there's this terrible fear that the United States is becoming more socialistic, more intolerant of Christians. Yeah, it is. But brothers, it's not our kingdom. That's their kingdom. It's to be expected. That's the way the world goes. Don't let it make you fear. We might face real persecution from our government. We can't expect the kings of this world to, to treat the disciples of Jesus nice. This is an unusual place we're living. I guess this is another place to make our licks count. We've got freedom right now. We better be using it. Number 11, when opposition comes, testify. Verses 18 to 20. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the nations, the Gentiles. But... When they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour that what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of our Father which speaketh in you. Now we, we in the free world, we sort of expect that we have the right to make a defense, to be heard to our government. That's unusual in our world. It's unusual in history. It's just not the way it works when believing in the Lord Jesus is a crime there's nothing left to do but to testify of him for him so don't worry don't fret don't 
connive, don't think so hard and fret over what you're going to say. Just focus on the Lord Jesus and make sure you're testifying of him. And it seems like we hear about someone who does suffer for the Lord and we, we, uh, we think it's so terrible. Well, I guess it is in one sense. But maybe we need to recalculate and remember Jesus said it was going to be that way. It can happen to us. It may happen to us. Are we ready to testify? Or are we going to rejoice too? Well, anyway, trust God and speak. Number 12, endure patiently and joyfully. Verses 21 to 25. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee you into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, or the devil, how much more shall they call them of his household? Endure patiently and joyfully. So verse 21, your family turns against you. Verse 22, everyone hates you. All men. Take up your cross and follow him and rejoice like your master did. And rejoice because you are being like your master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the master. Paul wrote, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. I rejoice in my sufferings. <laughs> Peter wrote, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So endure patiently and rejoice. Number 13, don't let fear of men keep you silent. Verses 26 and 27. Fear them not, therefore. There's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Don't be afraid of them. The truth will come out. There's nothing hid. Okay, they can accuse you of being evil. lying. They can lie about you. They can accuse you of bigotry and of hatred. And they just might. After all, you believe homosexuality is sin. Divorce and remarriage is sin. Uh, Sounds like hatred to them. No, it's not. But sin is sin. 
And they can say all those terrible things about you, but God will make everything clear. That's what I see in verse 26. <laughs> Nothing is going to be covered in the end. It's going to all be revealed. God will show who is who, what is what. Therefore, verse 27, you make it clear. Don't hide your lamp. Shine your light. Speak out the message of the gospel. Speak out the message of deliverance from sin. Make it a positive message. You don't have to focus on the negative, but on deliverance. But you can know that men will hate you anyway if your life condemns them. Men love darkness rather than light, and they won't come to the light willingly. But don't be afraid to speak. Do not let the fear of men keep you silent. Well, number 14 is like unto it. Do not fear what men can do to you. Fear God. Do not fear what men can do to you. Fear God. Verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, and are not able to kill the soul, but rather feel, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. They can kill you. They can tear out your fingernails. They can put you under the thumb screws. They can smash you with hammers. They can do all kinds of terrible things, more terrible than we want to talk about. And it has been done to believers. But they can't send you to hell. So don't fear them. <laughs> fear God. Because not to fear him, you have real reason for terror. You have real reason for fear then if you don't fear God. We don't belong to this world. We look at the invisible. We see glory. We see the eternal. And like Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, we need to do that too. Men can do pretty terrible things, but God will not allow men to do anything to you that he won't give you grace for. And it will pass. It will end. If you do not fear God, what's coming won't end. So don't fear what men can do to you. Fear God. Well, number 15, know that God cares for you. So verses 29 to uh, 31, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father knowing it, is the idea. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God sees even the sparrows. When one of them falls, he knows it. He cares infinitely for you, for us, more than we realize, more than we can know. He cares for you personally, individually. As a person, it doesn't matter that there's seven million, however many million other people on the earth. He cares about you, me. He knows us.
We have nothing to fear with such a God. We're the apple of his eye. Those of us who are his children, who have given our lives to him, we're his. He cares about us. He will see us through. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah understood that concept when they stood in front of that fiery furnace. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods. They had already taken up their cross. They would already died. They didn't have to fear the furnace. They had a God who cared for them. We do too. Number 16, confess your faith in Jesus. Verses 32 and 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So, for these four today, they confess their faith in the Lord Jesus publicly here. It's pretty easy here. Oh, it's a little traumatic because <clears throat> it's just the way it is. But it's still pretty easy here. We're all behind them. We support them. It's not always that way. Next week, next month, next year, next decade. The tests come. We know we've been there. We face them. That's not usually the gun pointed at you saying give up your faith or the thumbscrews or something like that. More often it's just the threat of mockery a little bit. Somebody smiling in a knowing way or whatever and wondering, well, what would they think of me if I confess Jesus at a time like this? Well, that's the time we need to do it. Confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth. Don't deny him. Well, number 17, love God supremely. So, verses 34 to 37. Jesus said, Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own house, those that are closest to him. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division. Well, okay, we know there's different kinds of pieces. Peace. And yes, he did come to bring peace, a real peace that passes understanding and is there whether or not we have peace otherwise. But that's not what he's talking about here. He said, I came to bring division. Dividing light from dark. Darkness hates light. And the division... Sometimes it just cuts pretty close to the heart. 
And sometimes it calls for pretty tough, heart-rending decisions. The people that ought to love you act hateful toward you. That's difficult, especially in today's touchy-feely, emotion-centered way of handling life. But I've heard several people over the years express the, the emotional trauma that comes when, when a father or a mother is against them in this matter of following the Lord Jesus. And it's hard on them. It's just not easy to have your own parents totally against what you're doing. And yet Jesus said that kind of thing is going to happen. In fact, some of them are going to be turning you over to the authorities for persecution. It, it's happened. It's happened many a time in the past. What's the answer? <laughs> Love God with all of your heart, with everything you've got. Love him supremely. Believe him. Know he cares. Know he controls. Obey him. That's the only way we'd be able to cope with that kind of trauma, that kind of situation. It's the only way you could hope even to help those people that are hating you that way, that you love so much. To give in to despair, to do anything less, well, you, you lose your hope, and you, you lose any hope of helping them too. Love God supremely. Don't expect peace. Don't expect ease. Go forward in faith. Love God and then last of all, lose your life. Those last two verses again. He that finds his life shall lose it. Sorry, I wanted to back up to 38. He that taketh up not up his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So go ahead and believe God. Lose your life. Just give it up to be worthy to be a disciple, we must die. I must die. We give our lives to him, a living sacrifice. We say, Lord, here I am. You take me. You do with me what you want. Be a living sacrifice. That's the way you take up your cross. Let's do it. All right. Let's have a song. <laughs>